And then things like spending time with like-minded people, spending time with people who push you, spending time with people who have high expectations for you, who are going to hold you accountable. And then don't be afraid to get rid of the people who don't support your goals who either make fun of your goals or who laugh at your goals or drag you away or get you wrapped up in behaviors that take your focus off of your goals. Welcome to The Digital Dreamer, where we believe it's possible to escape the suffocating nine to five, achieve financial independence, have the freedom to do the things you love and contribute to the greater good, all by being smart about digital marketing. Hi, everyone. I'm Abby. And I'm Kim. And today we are going to talk about how to create your dream life. This is something that we are very passionate about. It's one of the reasons we started our podcast, because we wanted to help give people the tools to create a life that they love. And it's something that I have been fascinated with for years. I have another podcast called Power Up Your Performance, and I have done several episodes, like dozens of episodes on creating your dream life and different aspects of creating your dream life. And so I love to talk about this. So mom, what's new with you? Well, over the weekend, last weekend, I went and did what was called a moonlight bike ride with three of my friends. And it was a 10 p.m. bike ride. So I always appreciate friends who make me do fun things after my bedtime because this is something that I would not have done if they would not have suggested it. And it turned out to be so much fun. It was an 11 mile ride and we got there early so that we would have plenty of parking. And my friend Nina brought glow sticks and we decorated our helmets and made necklaces and decorated our bikes with our glow sticks. And so it was a little bit like being a kindergartner as a grown up, you know, playing with the glow sticks and having fun. And then um, we did our ride in the dark and we got to drive our ride our bikes through some caves. And then afterwards, there was a DJ at the end and at the beginning. And then afterwards, they had, we talked about this last week, the crisp cakes. We had the, the pancakes at the end. So we got to sit around and talk about how much fun it was. And then I was so wound up, I couldn't go to bed. So I stayed up way too late. But that was my exciting thing, just going out and doing something that I wouldn't ordinarily do on staying up late, riding my bike. Yeah, it looked really fun. I loved all your pictures, the glow sticks. I didn't know one of your friends brought those. I thought they gave those to you, but that I liked all the pictures. Nope. One of my friends brought those. I thought it was such a good idea. And I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I didn't think of this. And then of course, to ride your bike in the dark, you have to have a headlight and a tail light. And since we have all always ridden our bikes for triathlon in the daylight, we didn't have all those things on our bikes. So I had to go out and buy headlight and taillight. And it's so funny how all of these things, you think you're doing something cheap and the price just starts adding up when you mm -hmm. realize you have to go buy new stuff every time. What about you? What have you been up to? Well, yesterday I hosted Bachelorette Monday at my apartment and I made my spinach artichoke dip. I pride myself on this spinach artichoke dip because after people try it for the first time, they beg me to make it anytime I come over or they come over to my apartment. So 
people really like my spinach artichoke dip. I'm very proud of it. So I made that. And then tonight I'm actually having some friends over for dinner. I'm going to make dinner. We're going to have pasta and wine. That sounds like a winning combination right there. And you like to do that where you have friends come over and watch something like The Bachelorette. It becomes kind of a tradition. I don't watch The Bachelorette. So how many episodes are we into this season? Are we at the beginning, this, middle, end? Yeah, this was only the second episode. Okay. Of this of this season, yeah. So you guys have so. a long, long way to go. And then do you and your friends usually rotate it around at different people's places or is it always at the same person's house? It kind of depends. So the past two episodes have been at my apartment, but I think one of my friends said she wanted to host next time. So I think we might do someone else's apartment next time. Now, many, many years ago, before you were born, I used to do this with my friends with the original, not the copy, 90210 and Melrose Place. And that was kind of my big thing where I would do the same thing. So that's fun. I love it. What are we talking about today? How to create your dream life. What you want to start with is envisioning what you want your life to look like. Because everybody's dream life is different. What I want out of my life is not the same as what you want from your life. And obviously we're different ages because I am your mother, but for one, you love New York and I like to visit New York, but there is no way you could get me to live there full time. Yeah, I know. New York has grown on you a little bit, I think, because I think when we would only visit New York when I was younger, obviously before I lived here, we really stayed in touristy areas and did all of that. And I think it's really easy to decide you don't like New York City if you're only in Times Square and, and in Midtown. But if you actually explore of the city, you get away from some of those crowds and you get to do some stuff that's less touristy and you have more of an appreciation for it, I think. Yeah, I think that's totally true too, because all I knew about Times Square or about New York was Times Square. And so I hate crowds. And so New York was not going to be a place I liked no matter what, because it's always crowded. So you living there, I have gotten to experience so much more and go check out other parts and just see things that maybe are less touristy and experience New York more like how a local would. And I enjoy it a lot more that way. That's for sure. When you visit, unless we're seeing a show and we need to be in that area, we we are almost never in Times Square. So looking at what you want out of life, you know, where do you want to live and just what's important to you? Everybody's dream life looks different. Thinking about, do you have to have a lot of money? Is money important? Is travel important? Do you see your dream life being with your friends or your family? What all is involved in that? That's the first step is just establishing what does your dream life look like and spending some time just daydreaming about it if you've never daydreamed about it. Yeah. And it's beneficial to get really specific with this when you're envisioning your dream life. Where where do I live? What do I spend my days doing? What are my relationships like? What's my job? And you should write this all down so that you have it somewhere. Like maybe even create a dream life journal or You could do it on like a Google Doc or something, but getting really specific and documenting it all is really important. Well, and then I think as you're doing that, you're going to hear that little voice in your head talking and 
every time you catch that little voice telling you, oh no, I can't do that. Oh no, that's not for me. Start paying attention to what those beliefs are that are limiting what you think is possible for you. Why is it possible for somebody else to go buy a condo in Hawaii or to have a multi-million dollar business? Why is that possible for the people you see on Instagram, but you are telling yourself that isn't something I can have? So just paying attention to those thoughts that you have. Something in life that really shifted my perspective on just how I talk to myself and how I envision my goals and my dreams coming to life was, especially when I was auditioning a lot, it was when I was younger, when I was doing a lot of community theater auditions where you have all of these auditions and you're usually auditioning up against people you know, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I would, you know, get really down on myself and say, oh, like it's going to go to them. It's not going to go to me. And I just started asking myself, well, why not me? Why couldn't it go to me? So that's something that really helped me reshape the way I think about things is when you're thinking about what your dreams and your goals, why not you? Why couldn't it be you? Why couldn't you have that? Yeah, for sure. There's, there's no reason you can't have that, like what you want, other than you're telling yourself you can't. Mm -hmm. And the thoughts we have are so powerful. I don't think people really believe that, or they don't just put as much stock in that as what we should. And it's that your thoughts you have are so powerful. They dictate all of your actions. I mean, kind of like your life is all imaginary and it's your thoughts that create what actions you take next. And so if you are filling your brain with negativity and pessimism, you are not going to see the possibility. You're not going to have that creativity and the imagination to think, oh, yeah, this is what I should do. I could totally do this. I I have the skills and the desire to do this. So should we talk a little bit about goal setting? So now that we have gotten really specific with ourselves about what we want, what our dream life looks like, how do we actually make that happen for ourselves? And I think the first thing we need to do is set some goals. Good. Okay. So as you're setting your goals, as you're envisioning your dream life, you want to spend some time just daydreaming. And if you have a situation in your life where you're too busy, you have kids, you always have people, you need to find a way to break away from your life so that you can daydream. The best ideas that we have, the most creative things that we have come to us when we have that space, when we have that downtime. So if you aren't getting downtime, if you don't have space to think, that's going to limit what's possible in creating your dream life too. And so let's say you're a busy mom with little kids and you're like, well, I can't go head off and lock myself up in a hotel or I can't go off on a girl's trip or whatever. Take mini mental vacations and whether maybe that's your bath at night, 15 minutes at a time just to go sit and think and dream. I was just about to say like how many times... I don't know about you, but for me, have I had a brilliant idea in the shower and I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to grab my phone because I need to write this down or, or I'm like literally about to fall asleep and I like sit up in my bed because I'm like, oh my gosh. Cause sometimes I think my best ideas come when I, yes, I, I have nothing else to do except I'm washing my hair or 
I'm laying in my bed. And I feel like for me, at least a lot of daydreaming comes like when I'm laying in my bed, like trying to fall asleep because my mind has nothing else to do other than wander. And so, yeah, I have ideas all the time where I shoot up in bed and I have to write it down or I am in the shower or a lot of times, honestly, even when I'm walking my dog, I'm like, oh, I need to write this down. Then my dog gets mad because she's like, hello, we're walking. <laughs> When I was in college, I have a degree in advertising and I would have a copywriting lab. So you'd go to class and then you'd have the lab and it would be like a three or four hour thing. That sounds like an exaggeration. So I don't know, maybe it wasn't, but it felt like that long where you would go and the teacher would give you an assignment and you would, we would have to write something. And we always used to joke that we wish that there were showers in the journalism building so that we could, because that's where everybody gets their ideas. So if it's not an established fact, there's definitely a lot of evidence to make you know that people get ideas in the shower. And I think that really has more to do with just you're relaxed. And so now those thoughts can come into your mind. But so going back to goal setting, where do we want to start with that? So kind of like what I was saying earlier with writing things down, I think it's really important to have a space where you're writing these things down and you're, and they're all in the same place. You can come back because a big thing with goal setting and manifesting and, and working on shifting your mindset is reflection. So you need to be able to come back to what you've written down and review it. So you need to find somewhere where you were going to write all of this down. Maybe you have a journal, maybe you have a Google doc, whatever. And you should start with your big goals. So maybe choose, I mean, you can choose as many as you want, but what are your big, big goals? Like a big goal would be, I want to have $10 million or I want to live in a really nice custom home in Los Angeles or, you know, so those are your big goals, big things like that. And then you start to break these kind of like a map. It's like goal mapping. You have these big goals written down at the top of the paper and you start to break them down into smaller, more attainable, littler goals until you've broken them down so much that you have a, you have one thing, a task that you could do today that would bring you closer to your goal, to your bigger goal. And that's big. That's a big thing, though, because a lot of times the thing that holds us back from achieving our goals is we get so overwhelmed. And so if you are able to break it down into smaller tasks, you can break that down into the most ridiculously simple thing. It might be, I'm going to put on my shoes. And that's the first thing you do. If that's all you can accomplish today is put on your shoes. Awesome. Break it down that small. After you put on your shoe, what do you do next? Yeah. And this helps because if you're breaking these goals, these big goals down into smaller goals, and you suddenly are like, I don't know what I do next. I don't know what I do here. I think that shows you that you need to do a little research on something, or you need to take a class maybe, or Or find a mentor. There's, there's something that you need that you're missing. And when we find ourselves stuck like this when we're breaking down the goals. If you're like, I, I don't know what goes here. I don't know how to get there from here. And it's important to notice that because 
it's not until you start to map something out like that, that you realize you don't know. You don't know how you get there. And if you don't know, how are you supposed to get there? Do you post inconsistently, share content on a whim, or make it up as you go along? Or maybe you're posting based on trends or doing what everyone else is doing. If you're doing any of these things, your business is suffering as a result. Your business needs a consistent message and a consistent presence, not one based on things that pop into your head first thing in the morning. What if one simple change in your business unlocked engagement, trust, revenue, and the ability to live life on your terms? Ready for the secret? Savvy marketers plan their content. They don't leave things to chance. They don't chase shiny objects. And they aren't jumping from trend to trend, hoping to go viral. We can help you with this in our new course, Build Your Content Plan in a Weekend. Head over to our website, irisdigitalmediagroup.com slash content plan. Right. I also want to encourage people that when you set your goals, you want to look at multiple areas of your life. And just some traditional things that people usually use to set goals on are family, your faith or your spirituality, your friends, your relationships, fitness, because if you do not have your health, you have nothing, finances, and then philanthropy, even though it's not an F, it starts with an F sound, philanthropy, which might just be what is your contribution to the world? So those are kind of the big areas. And they all tie together because let's say that you want to build a business and that's how you're going to make a lot of money so that you can contribute to the greater good, contribute to the world. Is that all worth it? If you've had to leave your family and ignore your family, and now you've neglected the relationships with your family and your friends. And so you have all this money and maybe you've done great things in the world, but you're empty in one piece of your life. So it's important just to look at all the pieces of your life so you know what's what you value, because that helps you when you're presenting with an opportunity, that helps you be able to weigh your options and say, oh, yeah. Yeah, if I if I do this, I'm going to have to give up this and there is no way I'm going to give up that. Definitely. So, let's talk a little bit about now we've set we're setting our goals, we know how to set our goals. Let's talk about our mindset and our self-talk because I think this is a piece that a lot of people forget or they miss or they don't realize that the way that you talk to yourself matters so much when it comes to achieving your goals. And you have the power and the ability to wake up every single morning and you get to choose how your day will go and how you're going to respond. Even if you wake up and there's a blizzard and your car dies and you run out of gas in the middle of a blizzard, you could let that ruin your whole day or you could choose to find something good about it or to respond a different way to, I don't know, use your time sitting and waiting for help to do something that makes you feel empowered or feel good about that situation. Right. And for example, if one of your goals is fitness, are you going to wake up in the morning and look at yourself in the mirror and say, ew, I don't like how I look and I feel gross, you know, or are you going to look at yourself and say, 
my legs are awesome. They help me walk. And because of my legs, I can go work out. And if I don't like where I am right now, this is something I, I have the power to work on and change. So it's all about how you talk to yourself, even with your other goals. Like if you want to have financial freedom, are you going to wake up every morning and say, I'll never get there. I'm stupid. Or are you going to look at yourself and say, I am very smart and I, I know I have in me what it takes to create this life that I want. And I'm going to figure out what I can do today to make that happen. So that one and fitness are two of my favorite because as a runner and triathlete, I feel like I am really good at the self-talk part. I was telling a friend the other day that I've been riding my bike out at this park that is super, super hilly, but I ride there because I feel like it's safe because there's not a lot of traffic in the morning and I don't have rush hour traffic. I don't have road rage people trying to run me off the road. And, but so, but the hills, the hills are hard and I'm not in fantastic shape yet. And so as I am huffing and puffing on my way up the hill, instead of going, oh, my legs are so weak. Oh, I suck. I'm horrible at this. I am telling myself, I am building strong legs. I'm going to be able to see my leg muscles pretty soon. I am going to be strong enough that in a couple of weeks, I'm going to get up this hill. I'm going to be able to fly. Okay, one of my favorite things is flying by men on hills because I can, or I used to be able to. And so that's been a goal of mine. I'm like, I am going to fly by people on hills again. And so just telling yourself that really turns around your mindset because you're telling yourself, yes, I know this is possible. Yeah, I agree. That mindset shift is so important. I mean, you can choose to say, you know, when you're going up the hill, oh, my legs aren't strong enough. I can't get up it. Or you can say, I am not quite strong enough yet, but I'm going to push through this because I know that the work I'm putting in today is going to help me tomorrow. And I always say for fitness, all of this stuff is so much easier if you've already been in good shape and you're getting back in shape because there is a lot of pain involved in that process of getting back in shape or getting into shape. You have the sore muscles, you're overly tired, but if you've done it before, you know what is possible. And so you're willing to put up with that pain. And I think that's a great analogy for every goal is that you have to go through some pain and some struggle to get to where you want to be. But you have to have faith that what you're doing, you want it enough and that it's worth it. And know that once you're on the other side of that pain, things are going to get easier. There's going to be growing pains with anything that you do. Now, I also think that you need to make sure that you have good coping strategies because things don't always go your way. So you're going to get stressed. You're going to get discouraged. What are those things that you have in place to make sure that you're able to bounce back, to get back on the horse? And think about when we were training for our half marathon and I just kept getting shin splints. And it was so frustrating because I finally felt like I was at a point where I liked running and I wanted to keep (gasps) doing my running. And I was getting shin splints. And it wasn't because like I was doing too much or whatever, because we had a really great training plan. So it was really frustrating because I knew I was doing everything right that I was supposed to be doing. And I just kept having these setbacks. So 
the way I responded to that was, okay, I can't do my running, but I can still find a way to better my endurance in another way right now. So I was going on the elliptical, which was taking Mm -hmm. the pressure off my shins, or I was lifting weights or something, but I could have said, boohoo, this sucks. I quit, but I was really trying. And then we had a whole lot of things happen Why our, there's a whole story why our half marathon never happened, but we're going to find a new one, right? We're gonna yeah. New, yeah, new we one. are. The half marathon that we were going to do got canceled. So <laughs> because they didn't get their permit, the city did not grant their permits. So it's kind of a bummer because we had a two week trip planned at my favorite place, the beach. And I had to cancel a week of it because the race got canceled. But yeah, good coping strategies are so important. And I think it's also important to note what pessimistic thoughts you're having. So in even in your journal, like actually writing down these things, what are these thoughts that I'm having? Why am I having these feelings? So a lot of times it's so much deeper than just, I am feeling this way because you know, you know, like, oh, I'm so mad that I have shin splints. Okay. Why am I feeling mad that I have shin splints? Oh, it's because I was actually making progress and I was liking what I was doing. And this, I feel like this sets me back in some way. So I'm frustrated. But when you, I think when you reframe it like that and you have to kind of like see why you're having these sad thoughts, you can pull out that piece where you're saying, I was making progress. Right. And you reframe Mm -hmm. it in a way where you're like, oh, I was making progress though. That's why I'm frustrated. Yeah. And the part about the pessimistic thoughts too, I think it's, it's a clue. If you're paying attention, you're going to hear, you're going to be more aware of those things that you're telling yourself that are holding you back. And that's why I love journaling too, because if you're journaling, whether it's journaling your progress as a business person and journaling noting all the setbacks you have there, or whether it's like you're going to train for something, whatever the thing is that's your big goal. If you're journaling about it, you're going to see also when your self-talk is hurting you. And then you're also writing down the good things. So one of my favorite things that I would use with people that I would coach as a running coach would be, we would keep a journal. And then you have this, it's like a book. It's like a highlight reel. And you can go back and look at your highlight reel when you're down and say, oh my gosh, look at all the things I've accomplished. So it's a great tool, especially to pump you back up when you are down because all your accomplishments are written in there. And you there is no denying then. You can't go, oh, I'm a loser. I can't do anything. All the bad things you say about yourself because they're right there in black and white. And the more proof that you have that something is possible, the more that pumps you up, the more that gives you belief, the more you're able to make that vision come true. Okay. And hear me out. I'm going to have a hot take real quick, but (laughs) it's not a bad thing to have these negative pessimistic thoughts because it means you care. Yeah. You care about it. And if you don't, because if you don't care, why are you doing it? Mm-hmm. So when you have these negative thoughts, it means that you care about what you're doing. And that's why you're having negative thoughts. You just have to work on, like we've been talking about, reframing those, looking into why we're having these negative thoughts, but they mean that you care. And that's wouldn't you important. say that, wouldn't you say that also as a performer, like when you get butterflies before you go on stage, 
If you didn't care about being successful and doing a good job, you wouldn't be nervous at all. So those butterflies, you could reframe that even as, oh, this is good. That means I really care about what I'm doing. Yeah. That's one thing that when I used to work with some of these little kids who had a lot of stage fright, because I was a kid who grew up with a lot of stage fright. Like I was so nervous to be on stage. And then I don't know what shifted. Something shifted for me. And I honestly think what shifted for me was at some point, I just realized I care too much to be afraid because I mean, my mom will tell you, I (laughs) kept going to these auditions, even though I did not want to be there. I was so scared. I kept having her sign me up for acting classes, even though it would be audition day in the acting class and I'd go hide in the bathroom. Like, but she kept signing me up and I kept going to these auditions. And, and let's I be clear. Couldn't... And let's be clear before people think I'm a nasty stage mom. You were begging to do these things. Yes. You were trying to push yourself through these fears because there was something about acting that you wanted to do. It wasn't like yes. I was saying, oh, Abby, let's take acting class. No, for sure. <laughs> when I would coach some of these little kids who also had stage fright, that's one of the things I would tell them. I'd say, I know you're nervous, but you're nervous because you care. And I think a lot that resonated with a lot of these kids because it's true. If you're nervous, being nervous about something is good. I always say I would be more worried about you if you weren't nervous, because that means you don't care very much to be here. You should be nervous. With the economy getting more uncertain, we know a lot of you are looking for ways to add some extra cash to your pocket, maybe by creating an additional revenue stream. We've created a free guide to help you sell digital audio programs. You can make money selling your knowledge or your creativity. Information products are quick to put together and you're doing your customers, your audience base a service. To get started, go to the show notes and click on the link or head over to our website at Iris Digital Media Group and click on the resources tab. Moving on to just more mindset things, creating a list of affirmations that you repeat in either certain situations where you repeat the same one or certain ones that you just rotate through. Maybe they're situational, but you gave some examples of affirmations earlier. But just having affirmations so that you have these positive thoughts, like when I'm going up the hill, my legs are getting strong. I love hills, reframing things in a positive way. But I also think whatever it takes to get you to do it, if just start saying those positive things. Another important thing is that your dream life does not have to be made up of the big goal and the big events. When we look at overall happiness, it's a lot of little tiny things that add up, that determine how happy we are. So don't. it doesn't have to be a big thing that you're looking for. Think about how you can make every day special and celebrate those little things and the relationships and the people in your life because money and big houses and cars, that is not the ultimate key to happiness. Right. I mean, you hear... You hear people all the time say having having money is really nice and like having fancy cars and an amazing house is really nice, but is it worth it if you don't have anyone to share that with? I mean, don't or, get me wrong because having money to spend does make life easier and oh, having money sure. 
to donate to causes that are important to you. But you can very easily be miserable in your big fancy house. Yes. And be happy in your tiny little house. And there's some really cool research about the power of your friendships and the happiness of your friends and how their happiness affects you and how your friends of friends of friends happiness still affects you, even if you've never met that friend of a friend of a friend. So we're going to talk about that in a different episode, but relationships and friendships, that really is one of the biggest things. And when you ask people at the end of their lives, the things they regret most, it's not, oh, I wish I would have made another hundred thousand dollars. It's, oh, I wish I would have spent more time with my wife, my kids, my family, my parents. Yeah. The, the environment that you are in, that you are creating for yourself to be in is so important. I have lost in the past two years, a lot of friends. And I know you're going to say, oh, that's so sad. No, it's not. It was very purposeful. I decided at some point that I had people in my life that weren't contributing to my life in a good way. They weren't bringing me joy. They weren't helping me achieve my dreams. They weren't cheering for me like I was cheering for them. Um, And if it's true that we really become like the five people we're closest to, I'm going to pick those people very carefully. Yeah, that's so good. That's so good. Your environment can be the people you spend your time with because their thoughts and their behaviors, their priorities rub off on you. If you hang out with a group of people that like to blow their money and like, I don't know, like to shop or spend their money on things that are not the same as your values, you're going to get wrapped up in those behaviors too. And I mean, that's why a lot of times when you see people with addictions, a lot of times they have to lose all the friends that were part of that behavior because they rub off on you. Yeah. Or have you ever been hanging out with a group of friends and there's one friend who just has the most sour attitude and suddenly the entire group of people you're hanging out with is having the worst time and it's a you're doing an activity that you all should be having a great time doing, but one person decided to have a sour attitude and now everybody is in a bad mood. Well, yeah, attitudes are contagious. And even if you are so strong-willed that you're not picking up on their attitude, you're still walking on eggshells trying to figure out, what can I say to not set this person off? But in addition to that type of effect on your behavior, just the music you listen to, the television, your social media feed. If your social media feed is making you feel negative, if it's draining you, if you find you're wasting too much time on social media and you're not working towards your goals, that's all part of your environment. You know, some people will tell you, oh, if you're spending all this time binging Netflix, you're not really serious about your goals. I disagree with that because I think you have to have the time to chill. And if you find that fun, then that's something that you should be able to spend your time on. You need to look for places that are sucking your time too and try to remedy that. Yeah, I definitely don't agree with all the people who say that if you want to make your dreams come true, you can't have any fun. Everything has to be making your dreams come true. And I'm like, wouldn't your life be so miserable then? Is that not counterintuitive? Right, because doesn't that go back to we all have our own values and what our dream life is, is very personal. And so if 
having time to sit and watch The Bachelorette or The Bachelor with your friend group is important, then then that's important. It makes you feel good. It builds your relationships. There's well, maybe it's relaxing, whatever it is. And I know that if I personally don't take my time to rest and recharge and reset, I won't get anything done in my, you know, I won't, I won't work toward my goals because I need that time to recharge and reset. So let's recap some of our action steps that we've laid out here. You want to set your goals. You want to figure out what's important to you. Yes. You want to do journaling. And I always think that doing monthly resets in your journal is a great thing to do. Um, We will have some of these prompts in the show notes and also on Instagram, but doing monthly resets where you reflect over how the last month went and what you can do this next month to get you closer to your goals. Yep. I think that's great. We'll put all of those types of questions and journal prompts in the show notes so that people can access all of that. And then we talked about affirmations Mm -hmm. and your mindset and self-talk, how you talk to yourself. Yep. We also, we've talked about this in passing really on, on other episodes too, but along with journaling, creating a vision board and it doesn't have to be fancy. It could be a Pinterest board. It could be a collection of pictures that you use as your screensaver on your phone. In our house, we all did a project one New Year's Eve where we took picture frames and cut out pictures of things that represented our goals. And we made those the border and then made our own whiteboards and used that as our vision boards. So, you know, that's a kind of vision board where it's kind of pretty. So it's on my wall, but whatever it needs to be, wherever it is that you're going to see it. So you're constantly looking at those pictures so that that image representing the things that you want in life are top of mind. Yeah. And I think especially if you are someone who is a very visual person, this is a great practice and activity to do. And then things like spending time with like-minded people, spending time with people who push you, spending time with people who have high expectations for you, who are going to hold you accountable. Yeah. I think spending time with people who will hold you accountable is very important. And then don't be afraid to get rid of the people who don't support your goals, who either make fun of your goals or who laugh at your goals or drag you away or get you wrapped up in behaviors that take your focus off of your goals. Yeah, guys, seriously, life is too short. You should only be friends with people and spend time with people who are actively making your life better. So let's go to our tip of the week. What is our tip of the week? Our tip of the week is more of a challenge. We want you to go to the journal prompts that we have listed in the show notes And we'll also have a bunch of supplemental content on our Instagram account, but we want you to go to that and start working on setting your goals, your goal mapping and writing, just answering these journal prompts. Journaling helps give you a lot of clarity in in different areas of your life, especially when you're trying to start this whole dream life this whole dream life mapping and everything. I think it's really interesting to start with some of these journal prompts and just see where it takes you. And your journal can take a lot of different forms. It could be a handwritten journal in a notebook. 
It could be a binder. It could be, you could have things that you print off, printables that you're filling in blanks. You can just open up a Word document and start typing. I wouldn't get so wrapped up about what your journal looks like. Just do it. And then also think about if you're too shy and you're afraid your little sister or your spouse or your boyfriend or your girlfriend is going to come grab that journal and, and read it, figure out a place to put it so that you feel like you can put your real thoughts there because it's not going to do you any good if you don't feel like you have a safe space. Your journal should be your safe space. Definitely. Okay. So I think that wraps up this episode. So moving on to what we're talking about next week. Next week, we are going to talk about in pursuit of happiness. What does it mean to be happy? What are the things that make us happy? How do we find more happiness? And how do those things tie back to creating our dream life? Yeah, I'm really excited about this. I hope you guys liked this episode. Please subscribe and leave a five-star review. Thank you, everyone. Bye. Thank you. Bye.